welcome back to Generation on a Mission. Before we get started, I don't know what you're going through and I don't know what kind of hard times you might be dealing with, but I do want to remind you that God is faithful and God is so good and he will take care of you in the least thought about way that you could ever imagine and he will bless you and it will be so good and I just want to remind you of his faithfulness and whatever you're walking through right now, he is going to help you get through it. Just don't forget that and always pray and just be faithful to his promises because he is faithful to his promises and I just want to encourage you before we get started today. So with that being said, let's dive into an episode, shall we? Let's start off today with a scenario that perhaps you've experienced at some point in your parenting. Your little one is choosing to not do what you're wanting to or what you're asking them to do, like trying a new food or maybe he doesn't want to be sprayed with water from the hose even though it's fun. You should want to do it. It's fun. Just for example, you know, the food thing you might think is defiance, but what you might not know is that it could simply be a textural thing, meaning your little one doesn't want to eat it because he doesn't like the way it feels. It grosses him out. So without even understanding, you might tell him, eat it. You have to eat at least three bites before you get dessert or before you can leave the table. Then when you say that, you could have a real power struggle on your hands because your mindset is not in the understanding mode. It's in the mode of you're being disobedient and we are going to battle about this because you are not doing what I'm telling you to do. And it turns into a situation that simply doesn't end well. And it's one that can be avoided, believe it or not. And let's talk about the water instance where you're wanting to spray him with a hose because you think it'll be fun. You might tell your little one, it's fun. We're just all having fun. How come you don't want to get sprayed? It's not that big of a deal. And then you spray him with the hose anyway because it's all in good fun. Well, he ends up crying because he said he didn't want to do it and you made him do it anyway. So you might tell him, it's okay. I was just trying to have fun with you. I didn't mean any harm by it. But what you have to remember is that your definition of fun may be different from his definition of fun, which leads to a miscommunication, which isn't always healthy in a relationship, right? We have to figure out how to deal with those miscommunications so they don't happen again or don't happen as often so we can strengthen our relationship. But what do those two situations have in common? That's what we're exploring in today's episode. What is missing from those situations and other situations like it and how to respond to it instead? That's what we are getting into today. So let's get it, friend. Hey there, Mama. If you want to raise empowered kids who actually listen while parenting biblically, you're in the right place. Not only does this podcast help you strengthen their spiritual gifts and walk in purpose at a young age, but it also teaches you how to parent with intention. Welcome to the Generation on a Mission podcast, where we focus on fostering our children's leadership skills so they can become world changers. Hi. I'm Michelle Schaff, former classroom educator turned parent educator, blogger, and podcaster, all while changing dirty diapers, drinking lukewarm coffee, and leaning on Jesus. Grab your headphones, whip out the tata, and start feeding your baby. We've got some learning to do. Parenting successfully is all about figuring out how to connect with your kids, you know? I've said this so many times, but what I've come to believe and experience is that it's all about shifting your mindset and the way you communicate with your kids. Parenting successfully, no matter how many times you mess up, is all about building and rebuilding those connections with your kids. When you have that connection, you build trust, you build understanding, you build empathy, which is so important. And when all those things are put in place, the dynamic of those negative moments 
shifts. Do the negative moments still happen? Absolutely. There are times when my three-year-old still totes the line and he pushes boundaries or he's just ridiculously tired. He's three and I end up enforcing consequences, but those moments outside of those extreme cases are the moments that really build our relationship. I have to continue focusing on that. And I've heard this analogy before when it comes to building relationships, and I've actually taught it to my students before, and my husband and I have even referenced it in our own relationship time and again when you know we remember to do it, but I'll tell you what it is and how it fits into our conversation. So here it is. Every single one of us has an emotional piggy bank. There are positive moments that are called the deposits and the negative moments are called withdrawals obviously just like a real piggy bank or a bank account so when it comes to building my relationship with my hubby you know I might say my emotional bank account is feeling really low right now and this might just be because we haven't connected lately or maybe he's not speaking my love language or maybe we've had a disagreement and I have had a withdrawal and there's just not much invested in my bank account so it just feels really low right now so when I say that my emotional bank account is feeling low he would know that I needed a deposit which could be a back rub or another act of service that's my love language so that way my emotional may account is getting built back up again and I'm feeling good you know valued in our relationship and obviously the same goes for him as well when I need to do some investing in his emotional may account now how does that translate into the relationship with our kids well for every negative exchange you have with your kids the more emotional quote-unquote money is withdrawn from their account when the emotional accounts are feeling really low then self-esteem is lowered as is their desire to put effort into a relationship. Who wants to invest in a relationship that doesn't ever deposit into their account? I can say that I typically don't like to be around people who are constantly withdrawing from my accounts. They're just negative all the time where they don't ever have anything nice to say to me even though I try to be nice to them over and over again. It's defeating being around people like that. Just speaking from personal experience. So if I'm trying to build a relationship with someone, I'm not going to want to build a relationship with someone who is constantly telling me I'm doing things incorrectly or they're not being empathetic to my needs, you know? So what happens when we aren't investing in the relationship with our own kids? Well, it leaves room for defiance or rebellion or anything that is attention seeking from our kids. Speaking from experience, when our kids are needing an investment in their emotional bank account, they don't typically ask for it. And how would they know to say that, especially if they haven't been taught? They're telling us typically comes out in an undesirable way, such as yelling and maybe aggressive behaviors or unkind things being said. But what happens when they let us know they need loving in an undesirable way? Well, that's when they get in trouble because they're acting unkindly. They they get in trouble because we aren't connecting with them during those times. We're punitive during those times and admonishing because we don't understand the reason why they're acting that way. We just assume they're acting that way to be defiant, right? And again, I have to say that I'm still all for accountability and righting wrongs, but I also want to say that when our kids are acting out, that's when we need to take a look at how much we are investing into our kids' emotional piggy banks. So how exactly do we combat that? We have to focus on depositing into their accounts as often as possible. So when moments of withdrawal happen, there is an emotional investment already in their account. So they aren't left with an empty emotional bank account after a negative exchange. It's those moments around the negative ones that we really have to focus on so that when they do happen, it's not as much of a hit to their account. When negative moments happen, your kids still know you love them because you've taken the time to invest in their emotional bank account and your little one knows that there's typically a reason behind why the withdrawal happens. And he's probably able to be a little bit more open-minded about learning from that moment because there is a reason behind it. If you never invest, 
trust in their account, then they just think you're only always out to tell them what not to do and what they're constantly doing wrong all the time. You have to invest as often as you can into their emotional piggy banks. And when you do, you're much more likely to build a healthy, well-respected relationship from all parties, yours and theirs. At least that's what I've come to learn about building relationships with my kids in my class and with my very own kids as well. So I'm going to share one way that we can invest in our kids' emotional piggy banks, and that is building empathy. Again, I'm coming from the viewpoint of modeling it for our kids, not just telling them things, but also showing that we can show empathy as well. We cannot expect them to show empathy toward others if we don't exercise that habit around and to our kids frequently, right? So actually, I was reading the book, I Am Human, with my three-year-old. It's short, sweet, you know, to the point. It's probably a little bit extensive for a three-year-old, but it's about building empathy. So I thought, well, I'll just give it a try and see how it goes. And he ended up liking it, so all was well. But in the book, there was this ladder, and the boy was looking at it, and on the page it said, I can be fearful of things I don't yet understand and that got my wheels spinning how many times do we tell our kids just try it there's nothing to be afraid of or oh no stop you're fine I know you hit your head but you barely even hit it I'm sure you're okay how can we say that to our kids when we aren't them we don't understand their perspective we don't know their pains we don't know their fears or their irrational thoughts or why they have them all they know is that they don't like something and they don't want to do something they don't even always know why but that's where empathy comes into play if we are constantly forcing our kids to do things then what exactly are we teaching our kids for instance just jump in the pool it'll be fine or don't be afraid of the blower in the bathroom it's not scary it just makes a lot of noise see here's what happens when I do it nothing happens Think about the situation that puts them in. One, we aren't teaching them to be independent thinkers and learn how to decide for themselves whether or not they want to do something and try new things. We are deciding whether or not they should be afraid of something or not. We are the ones deciding when they should be ready to try new things or forcefully making them eat food that may taste bad to them or even have a texture that they don't like. And does that really make sense? What if someone was telling us that we shouldn't be afraid to do something like ride Ferris wheels or jump off cliffs into oceans or, you know, just skydive for instance we need to think about the situation from our own perspective i cannot for the life of me get my husband to do certain things i think he should do and i know all my mama friends out there can probably relate right i'm guilty and i'm ashamed but i'm working through it right so for instance i'm trying to convince my husband that he should branch out and cultivate his leadership skills and develop his own like leadership academy type thing but he's adamant that he doesn't want to do that <laughs> so i'm learning to respect that and show empathy and understand that it's his choice not mine even though I know what's best for him right no I'm kidding I'm kidding but imagine this though when I keep telling him that's what I think he should do he gets frustrated with me because I keep bringing it up and that's not something he wants to do despite how good I think he will be at it I can't force him into anything he's an adult and I can't change his mind I need to respect that and not adamantly keep trying to persuade him into doing it even though I think he'd be so good at it so then why am I trying to change my kids minds when it comes to getting them to do things that make them feel uncomfortable when they're not ready. 
ensure a certain level of discomfort is good and helps you grow, but you have to be ready for it. If you're not ready, then whoever's trying to get you to do something is just going to cause resentment between the two of you. We as adults don't like being forced into things, so why on earth would we try to force our kids into doing things that they aren't comfortable with? Well, I think it might be because we want them to feel like we are there supporting them through it and reminding them that it will be okay because odds are we've been through whatever situation they are going through before that they're fearful of. But again, we have to remember that we cannot force them into doing something unless they are ready, even if it's something you know would benefit them. This is especially prevalent when it comes to eating vegetables, for instance, something that I don't think many adults even enjoy doing. But can you force a grown man to eat his veggies or start a healthy diet? Not until he's ready, right? We want our kids to eat their veggies because we know it's good for them. But the most we can do is encourage it and give them veggies. And just when we give them veggies, remind them how good veggies are for them and what kind of nutrients they give to our bodies. And of course, we need to show them that we mean it's important to eat your veggies by us eating them diligently in front of them, saying, yes, peas are important. Ah, see, I'm eating my peas, right? But then you need to remind them it's okay to not like certain foods. Sometimes we don't like foods either as adults, but it's good to try to eat the foods when we're ready. And don't be afraid to tell that to your kids. Until then, if you're adamant about them eating something healthy for dinner and they don't want to eat the broccoli, research healthy recipes where they are still able to get some good nutrients. You have to alter your mindset. If I still want my kid to eat healthily, but he doesn't want to eat broccoli, I'm going to research different healthy foods that I can feed my child so he's still getting the nutrients he needs. And that might take some trial and error to find foods that he likes. And that's okay. When you find some healthy recipes that your kiddo likes, stick with it and be excited that you found a new way to eat broccoli or whatever else. It's exciting to try new foods. Be excited about it and encourage those different ways to eat your veggies and don't just tell them this is the only way to eat your broccoli. This is the only way you get to leave your place. No, if he doesn't like eating broccoli, see if you can make vegetable soup or something and and see if he likes that better. And if he does, yes, make vegetable soup more often. And I want to remind you too, that it's also good to cook with them it's so good to cook with them because the more they are able to help you in the kitchen the more willing they are to try the foods because they're invested in it which is also an investment in their emotional bank account which is a win-win here's a different example think for instance if your kids are starting a new school and you just tell them that they should be excited because it's something new they'll meet all kinds of new friends and play new games and have so much fun that's shoving their feelings on the back burner When you don't ask them how they're feeling about it, you have to help them work through those feelings so that way they come to their own realizations that it's going to be okay. We need to remind them that it's okay to feel sad or anxious, but you're here and you're going to help them find the good and help them feel comfortable along the way. Remind them that you understand how they are feeling and talk to them about a time when you were feeling scared to try something new. Relate that to them and build support when they're feeling all those anxious emotions. I'm going to share an example with you. This is a personal story. I did not come to the realization that I suffered from anxiety until I was older and diagnosed with it. I know a lot of people suffer from anxiety, but I didn't realize I did. I I suffered from it when I was a kid. When I was younger, I would get so anxious about trying new things that I would literally vomit and I'm sorry to gross you out. People would think that I couldn't do certain things because I was sick. Like, oh, she got sick. She can't play with us anymore. And 
it hindered my ability to play with my friends because I was sick when in reality I was just so anxious that I vomited and it was awful I was so scared that something would happen to me while I was out or something would happen to someone I loved and it hindered my ability to enjoy whatever it was that I wanted to do and if I had known how to express that perhaps people would have known that I wasn't just sick all the time I just wasn't ready to do things and I didn't know how to cope with my irrational fears I wasn't trying to be a baby or get out of things I would just get so anxious and work myself up causing myself to get sick and my reason for saying that is is that we need to remember that our little ones have big emotions and odds are there's a reason behind why they are doing whatever it is that they're doing and we need to try and understand before we force them into and out of situations because we don't know the why behind their behavior so now back to the story this boy was looking up at a huge ladder and it got me thinking we all have fears we do Telling us not to be afraid of them doesn't make any sense. It doesn't help us to overcome them any more quickly. In fact, you know what it does to me? It gives me anxiety. It makes me feel pressured. And then I feel like I have to do something that I don't want to do. And it puts me in a spot that I don't like. And I'm an adult. Think about what kind of pressure that puts on a kid. And as I read this one page, I thought about the things that I'm afraid of, right? Heights. You couldn't ask me to climb up a ladder and dive into a pool, that's for sure. And I probably wouldn't feel comfortable skydiving just yet. I'm going to tell you, going up in the arch in St. Louis gave me anxiety. And I don't think I would feel comfortable doing it again. And if someone sat there and told me, Michelle, what are you afraid of? Nothing's going to happen. People go up it every day. The elevator only gets stuck every once in a while. Your whole family is going. You don't want to be left out, do you? You know, I don't want to be left out. But I also don't want to be squeezed into one of those Willy Wonka-sized elevators watching 200 flights of stairs just drift further down below me as I go up to the top to sway in a little claustrophobic sized hallway filled with 50 plus people. No, I'm not ready to do that. I'm a pass on that one. But thanks, tried it, didn't like it, no thank you. And you're gonna have a hard time convincing me to go again. So if I'm that adamant about not doing something like that and I was apprehensive about it the first time, then why are we forcing our kids into doing things that they don't wanna do despite the level of risk involved? Okay, so there's some perspective for you. So how do we move forward? How do we take that and use that to build empathy in our kids? We have to remember that we cannot expect our kids to move forward until they are ready. Oftentimes, they will decide when they are ready. If we don't force it on them, they are much more likely to decide if they are ready and willing to do things on their own. Let them know that you're there supporting them when they are ready to try it. If it's something new, let them see you try it. And again, don't force it. Show them what could happen if they do try something and then let them come to their own conclusions as to whether or not they want to try it. Take a moment to look around at the situation and ask them, what are some things you see that you find interesting? Like for instance, if they're at a new school or if they're at a pool and they're scared to get in, what do you think you might like about the situation? What do you think you might not like about the situation? Does something seem scary to you? Are there questions you have about it? And then talk it out with them. The more you talk, the more they might loosen up and feel comfortable doing whatever it is that you want them to try. But if they don't want to try it, don't force them to try it. And then when they're ready or after that conversation, you just ask, are you ready to try it? Or do you want to talk about it more or watch other people doing it and then decide when you're ready? I just want to let you know we can do it when you're ready. And just remind them that if they're not ready at this time, that's okay. You're here to support them when they decide that they are ready to do something that they are not necessarily 
comfortable with. But the point of this episode is that when we show our kids that we understand their apprehensions and don't force them into uncomfortable situations, we are taking the time to invest in their emotional piggy banks. It reminds them that we care about their feelings and understand that they are humans too, who may not like doing certain things and that's okay. When we understand that they will do things when they are ready, it also sends the message that we are respecting the fact that they are able to make decisions on their own. And when we respect that, the power struggles don't become as prevalent because they know you care about their opinions and that you respect the fact that they have a voice. You're listening to them and value that they can make a choice on their own and that's respect and that's a huge investment in their emotional piggy bank. So if they don't want to be sprayed with a hose, like I mentioned in the previous example, don't just jump to the conclusion that they just don't want to have fun. There's probably a reason why and it's up to us to try to help them work through those feelings and help them decide on their own whether or not they want to partake in what you're doing or not. We don't want to force them into situations when they're not ready because that's not creating empathy and that's not building our relationship. It's not building trust. And think about it. When they are forced into a situation that they don't want to do because you're making them because you think that that's what they should be doing or that's what they should want to do, are they really coming from the perspective of my adult cares about what my opinion is and my adult respects that I don't want to do something because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Just think about it from that perspective. So now for your challenge. This week, let's focus on investing in our kids' emotional piggy banks by respecting their decisions about when they are ready to try new things. Remind them that it's okay to not want to try new things and that you'll still be there whether they're ready or not. Encourage them to ask questions when it comes to experiencing new situations and help them draw their own conclusions and overcome their apprehensions on their own, right? Yes. And I want you to think about how much that can strengthen your relationship with your little ones. And that is such good stuff. Yes. And as always, I'd be so grateful for a review if you felt like you connected with today's episode or learned something new today. All right. That's all from me. I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Real quick before you go, if today's episode made you laugh, learn, or love your littles a little more, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a written review for the Generation on a Mission podcast. If you're needing simple ideas to boost learning for your kiddo, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Michelle Shaw, S-C-H-A-U-F, or join our Facebook page at Generation on a Mission. See you next time.